Hey guys, Rob coming at you with another video to this week. Um, haven't done one in about two weeks now. Trying to get more consistent. I'd like to do them daily or maybe a couple every day, but we were hit with Hurricane Ian. So if you don't know, I'm actually in uh, Florida right now. I came out here at the beginning of this year. We're still operating our business in California and I have partners helping me with that, but I'm expanding out to Florida. What I didn't realize is the part of Florida, which are on the south side of the Tampa Bay, is the part that got hit with Hurricane Ian. And we were actually very lucky that the last minute the hurricane went further south. So we were actually in the north end of the eye, which actually pushed all the wind out. And what happened is that river behind me got pushed out into the bay and out to the, the gulf. And if the original track of the hurricane came in, it would have pushed all that water into our house and we would have had a really big problem. Uh, so we really lucked out there. The most of the damage has happened around here. We were, at, we were without power for about three days. It took us about five or six days to get our Wi-Fi back working. Um, I haven't seen too much damage around. What I've noticed mostly is vegetation. A bunch of trees got knocked down. Those knocked down a lot of the power lines. I've seen fences getting knocked down. Luckily, most of the houses are still intact. Seen a couple roofs that have some damage on them, especially some multifamily buildings. But we got really lucky. It could have been a lot worse. A couple broken windows with some of our neighbors. Our house only had a little bit of water intrusion just because of some of the rains, but no broken windows. So we, we really lucked out. When we bought this house, I wanted to or I wanted it hurricane proof, so it's all concrete. Uh, even though it has a lot of windows, those windows are strong enough. Uh, I think the winds around here got up to about 85 miles an hour. So we got, we got really lucky. Um, but keep in mind, that's just one thing. So what I started to notice was when, right before the hurricane hit, gas ran out. Tried to fill up our car with gas, two cars. I filled up one car. I realized I had to go to three different stations. Two of them were completely out of gas. Third one had a line, waited. They were out of everything except premium gas, which is fine. It's what we were going to get anyway. Filled up. Came back an hour later with my other car, completely out. Started driving around. Every gas station around us was out. Um, when we went to the grocery stores, they were pretty much out of all batteries, all supplies. Now, even a week later, more than a week now. If you go to the grocery stores, there's still limited supplies. You go to Starbucks, they say that they haven't been able to get a shipment in all week because of the hurricane damage. So good mini episode to what we're going to see on a larger scale with what I hear is coming in terms of the energy crisis and the food crisis, especially if this war in Ukraine continues on the path that it's going. So it made me realize, hey, maybe we need to get more prepared. We were okay to survive three days. At night, sucked because there was no energy, so we had to use battery power. Very lucky that we actually had cell service, so as long as I kept my phone charged, which I used our cars to do that, we were able to use the cell service to make calls, get some limited internet, kind of spotty here or there. Um, once the hurricane was over, we then were able to go to Panera and Starbucks and use some Wi-Fi there but it really puts things in perspective on what's coming. So I recommend, even if you're not in a hurricane area, 
with what I hear is coming with the food supply shocks, with the supply shocks just on other materials. China's shipping has been really shut down and limited. Something's going on in China, which we'll probably talk about in another video. I've talked on that in some of my previous videos. I recommend you go out and get food supply. So food supply meaning perishables. Our, our refrigeration went out for three days. So we had to throw everything out. We have two refrigerators. Everything in the freezer went. Everything in the refrigerator went, except for condiments, basically. So we're still restocking all that stuff. So if you're going to buy food supplies, make sure it's long-term, non-perishable. So canned meats, canned tuna, um, rice, beans. Keep in mind nutrition, right? If you just have rice without the beans, you're not getting all 12 essential amino acids. So if you don't know about nutrition, we need 90 essential nutrients, 12 amino acids, um, which are proteins. We need lipids, which are good fats, right? So make sure you have oils, good oils, not canola oil and seed oil, which are processed. Canola is actually a rapeseed oil, which is actually cotton oil. You don't want that. You want things like avocado oil, coconut oil. Coconut oil is great because it can be used. It has a higher smoke point. Avocado oil as well. So it's great for searing things. Olive oil is good for finishing things. It has a low smoke point, so you don't want to cook as much with olive oil, but you can um, use it for finishing things or low cooking things like uh, poaching and stuff like that. So think, what do you need? pastas, what's non-perishable, canned foods. You can buy dry foods that last over 20 years on some sites that are packaged specifically for emergency foods. And you got to think, I would recommend really probably a year supply at this point because we don't know what's going to happen. You may need to subsidize that if things are out in the grocery store. If you're making your own garden, that could help you a little bit, but we've been trying to do that and we're realizing it's almost impossible to live our current lifestyle with a home garden. Now we can get a lot of things, maybe grow some tomatoes, but they won't be available 24 seven. Like I can go to the grocery store now. And that's not going to mean that we can also get, um, you know, the seasonings that you're going to want. Seasonings last a long time. Get extra garlic powder, get extra cayenne pepper, salt, pepper. Salt used to be so valuable that the Romans were paid in it. Roman soldiers wanted to be paid in salt at one point in time because it was hard to get. We may be going back to that for a short period of time. If the war continues in Ukraine and what's going on in China continues to happen, and let's say they go into Taiwan, we're in a big mess. You're going to see gas, which now, luckily in Florida, October, they have a gas tax holiday. So we've seen prices on gas come down. I just filled up and it was $303.09. Well, my team's telling me back in Los Angeles, gas is six, $7, right? Now, why didn't they get rid of the gas tax like Florida did, at least temporarily? You're going to have to ask those politicians out there, but that's a big increase in gas. And this is while the White House the White House is using our petroleum reserves to help lower and suppress prices. And they're doing that mainly for the midterms. We've already used half of our strategic petroleum, 
gas reserves, which could be a big problem because if this war expands and now we don't have domestic production like we did three years ago of gas and oil, and now we have the prices increase, and now you've just depleted more than half of the petroleum reserves that the United States has, this can be a huge disaster, let alone we've been seeing that they're shipping not only close to $100 billion to Ukraine, but we've been depleting the missiles and armory of the military. So if this war expands and we have to get more involved, we may not even have the equipment needed. We're seeing that the U.S. military recruitment's down 25%. They also kicked out 20 to 25% that refused to take the mRNA jabs. So this could be a big problem. So you need to get prepared. Now, I always look at prepare for your worst, but plan for the best and take action for the best case scenario. I hope I'm wrong and everything continues working as normal. You can get your Uber Eats. You can get anything you need at your grocery store. You can go to Whole Foods at any time on demand and get chicken, steak, vegetables whatever you need, like we've been accustomed to for now two, three, four decades or longer. But that can change very quickly. It's changing right now in Europe. We're seeing that energy is getting so high in Europe that places like Belgium, people are dining in restaurants where the food is now cooked by wood fires instead of gas, and they're not even using electricity to light the restaurants so people are dining in candlelight. Now you may say that's great. And you know what, they can get away with it right now, which is October of 2022. What about a month from now or two months from now when you get into winter? I remember COVID when we weren't allowed to sit inside. In New York, you had to go to a restaurant and sit outside wherein it was snowing. People don't wanna do that. It's uncomfortable to do that. And it could be harmful to your health, to be honest, especially if you're working in that environment for eight hours a day. What are you going to do? Put on a winter coat and serve people food when it's completely freezing? Well, you're not even going to be able to afford the heating in Europe to heat your house. So whether you're at work or at home, you're going to be freezing. Big problem. Now, people say solar may be a solution. One, a lot of people can't afford solar, but at least in the United States, it's fairly easy to get solar and you can finance it. And right now I'm seeing financing for around 4% for a 20-year mortgage, which makes it affordable. The problem is when this hurricane hit, we had some people, some neighbors that do have solar. We don't currently, I've, I've been debating maybe we should get it, but what happened is solar, the whole charge system that they had, they had a brand new, this neighbor had a brand new Tesla system. $70,000, two backup batteries. When the hurricane hit, that system lasted 10 hours. 10 hours, and then it had to be recharged. So to me, it's still not a long-term solution. You're not going to be able to live a normal, customary 21st century life on that solution only if you don't have access to the power grid, unless you have an enormous amount of solar panels and a huge amount of backup batteries. And each backup battery is like $15,000. So you'd have to spend probably $100,000 on a system that would 
be able to heat a normal three, four bedroom house for a four or five person family. If you're a single person, a small home, maybe you can get away a with two backup batteries. You don't run your AC very often. And you know these are all things to consider. So on the financial side, we saw a rate increase two weeks ago, right before the hurricane hit. And that hasn't affected things too much. We saw the markets come down. They're now at like 29,000. So the Fed then had an emergency meeting last weekend to discuss what they're going to do because now the UN has come out and said, hey, if you continue to increase rates, you're going to crash this whole system. Why is that such a concern? Why would the UN come out and say that? Well, Europe's in big trouble. London had to now reverse course and instead of doing quantitative tightening, which is increasing rates, not lending as much money, they're now reversing course because they said if they don't, two weeks ago, London, the Bank of London said, if we don't print more money, the pension funds are going to completely collapse, which will then, they know, will lead to riots in the streets, right? Right now in Europe and Western countries, most of them, we haven't seen riots. We've seen them in Sri Lanka. They overthrew their entire government. We've seen them in some Asian countries. We're seeing them more in South American countries. We're going to see this continue. But Australia, a lot of these Western countries in Europe, United States, Canada, we have not seen major riots yet. Now you could talk about BLM and all that stuff. That's a whole different issue. I'm talking about riots that are so angry that they will overthrow the government. They'll either try to take them out and drag them out by their coattails, or they will demand and start burning down buildings, basically, and the banks are really what they're going after. They will demand their money that gets stolen, which is what happened in Sri Lanka. They shut down the banking system. We're seeing that happen in some smaller Eastern Europe countries. They're shutting down the banks and saying, hey, sorry, you can't access your funds. China, this happened. They had to bring in tanks into cities in China because overnight, the snap of a finger, some banks said, oh, sorry, your deposits are no longer deposits. We've now converted them into stock investments into the bank, and they're currently frozen so you can't access your funds. We've seen people go into banks in Turkey and threaten them at gunpoint to get their own money out, which they thought was their own money, just to pay family medical bills. We haven't seen this in the Western countries yet. But if trends continue, if the Bank of England didn't reverse and people stopped getting their pension payments, things like this cause riots. And this is what the banking system and the politicians are most concerned about. So the question is, what is the breaking point for the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates? Can they continue to raise it and tighten the money supply without breaking the system entirely? Because once the banking system collapses, they're going to see people freak out. When you can't access your money, and keep in mind, over 60% of households in the United States have less than $1,000. The average, out of 100% of the families in America, the average savings is less than 
around 9,500, give or take. That's not a huge amount of money, especially when prices are going up, housing has gone up. So if you don't have access to even those limited funds, and we're seeing a lot of banks put price controls on how much cash you can withdraw. If you have a million dollars in the bank, they're saying, hey, you can't come in and take out a million in cash. We'll let you take out 5,000 at a time, 10,000 at a time. Some people are having to go to multiple bank branches to get 4,000 here, 6,000 here, just to try to get as much cash as they can. And as I talked about in our last video, the plan is to go to central bank digital currencies, which means they're going to get rid of cash. So even if you take out cash from the bank, what happened in London just now in England is October 1st was the deadline to get rid of cash. So they switched to a new uh, cash system and they said, if you don't come in and give us your old cash and exchange it, it will be worthless. A lot of people didn't believe that. And now that it's the deadline has passed, they're realizing, oh shit, all this money that I had, they're now not even accepting it. Vendors aren't accepting it. The bank's not accepting it. The government's not accepting it. It's trash. It's trash. So what have we been doing? I've been buying some cryptocurrencies, mainly Bitcoin. Everything I say in this video is not financial advice. This is my own personal opinion. So don't come after me. I'm just telling you what I've been doing. I've been buying a lot of silver. I have some gold, but I like silver a little bit more. It's more affordable. $25, $30. You can go into a coin shop. You can go on eBay. You can go on to these different bullion dealers. Buy at least an ounce of silver. The silver price to dollar ratio is completely out of whack. Keep in mind, in 1913, a silver dollar was literally a dollar. You can go in and exchange a paper Federal Reserve note, which used to be backed by one ounce of silver. Now it takes $25 at least minimum. That's not even for a real American Eagle silver coin. Those are now going for $35 because of the premium so high. So I like silver. I think that's going to continue to keep your purchasing power. I don't think I'm going to get super rich off silver. I think it's going to just keep my current purchasing power into the future. I like cryptocurrencies, but I think there's a lot of volatility in that. I like privacy cryptocurrencies, Monero and Pirate Chain, because as the central bank digital currencies come out, people are going to want a medium of exchange that may not be able to be tracked. Not saying that you should use that illegally. And when they say, hey, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are used for illegal money laundering, the amount of money laundering done through Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is a fraction of a fraction compared to what the dollars used for illegal transactions, compared to what HB HSBC Bank has been caught red-handed and had to pay federal billions of dollars in fines for illegal drug operations and human trafficking. So that's all FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. What I do doubt is the American dollar. What I do doubt is the current relaxed system that we're in now. It's going to get harder and we're going to see this. Real estate, we've now seen interest rates jump to the high sixes, 
commercial loans. I just got off the phone with a commercial lender. We're looking at possibly helping a client purchase a hotel that has good cash flows, very good cash flows. But interest rates right now for an SBA loan, which is usually some of the lower rates, between 6 to 9%. As I talked about in other videos, as interest rates go up, it means the same amount for that same capital, the monthly payments are going to jump drastically. So the price has to come down because you're not going to purchase a property, especially a commercial property, if there isn't cash flow. So these are all things to consider. The point of this video right now is to say we're still on track to see higher interest rates, more volatility in the real estate market, in the cryptocurrency market, in the stock market, in all financial markets. Bonds are now going up. So now financial advisors are saying, hey, maybe I should buy bonds or corporate loan notes instead of just buying stocks because those are actually going down. And now they can get a decent interest rate of return on these more technically secure instruments. Well, they're not secure if that company's not around in five years. It's not secure if the government can't pay its debts. Now, to me, the biggest problem I see is the flood of the Federal Reserve bonds, the United States bonds that have been sold off to countries like China, who's now saying, hey, we're going to liquidate all of our dollars. We don't want dollars on our books anymore. We're going to get rid of dollars. We want the BRICS currency system. They're using the new digital yuan. They're going to use uh, they'll trade in either gold, which will be backed, uh, backing their systems, BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China. Now, Saudi Arabia saying they're going to accept yuan uh, and gold for oil instead of just dollars. You have Israel saying, hey, we're also going to put some yuan on our books. You have more and more central banks buying up gold. So that's why I like gold and silver, because if you look at the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, it says, the states shall only use gold and silver coin as tender for any debts and credits. So we're already in an unconstitutional system. If we went by the actual Constitution, most of our problems wouldn't exist right now. The problem is the politicians, for the last hundred years, especially since 1971 when Nixon took us completely off the gold-backed dollar, it's easy for them politically to put us onto the fiat system because it allowed us to do rapid expansion. It allowed us to do things like social security and expand the budgets like crazy without many repercussions because by printing the money, it's a slow death. You don't notice it quickly. But every fiat currency in the history of mankind, there's been over 5,000 of them, within 50 to 100 years, every single one has gone to zero. So the question I ask you today, do you think the fiat United States dollar, which is backed by nothing at all except our guns and our threats, do you think that will be the one fiat currency in the history of all mankind to survive? My bet is probably not. I don't know when it's gonna die, but it's looking more and more likely each day. So get prepared, get ready. If you have real assets, that's the best way to protect yourself.
that's real property, cash flow properties, rents will likely increase. Property values in the short term will decrease, but in the long term increase because they're going to have to print money. They're going to have to reverse course, just like London did. If they don't, it's just going to crash everything that much quicker. So prepare. I like gold. I like silver. I like some cryptocurrencies. I like real estate. If you have questions, comment below. Subscribe. I'm going to be doing more videos. We're going to be talking about more current events. And we're looking for smart people to join our team. I highly recommend the best thing you can do right now for yourself is to stop being just a W-2 employee. They get taxed the worst. They'll do a whole video on this. Start a side hustle. You can do it by just forming a DBA, a doing business as name with your local county. Start a side hustle. It could be mowing lawns. I did that as actually my first business. I just walked around houses on a lawnmower and I said, hey, I'll mow your lawn. People paid me 20, 30 bucks just to do it. Back then, it was a decent amount. You could probably get 50 bucks or more now. So many side hustles you can start. Laundry for people. I could, I'll do a whole video on business ideas and how to start a business. If you are a 1099 person with their own quote-unquote independent contractor business, or if you start a business, we could talk about forming LLCs and corporations and all that, which structure would be best. But if you do that, you get so many tax benefits that are legal. You get to write off your expenses. One of the best things you can do right now is starting a side business. So take these notes in mind. I hope to see you on our next video. Subscribe below. Share this if you think it was helpful. And I'll talk to you soon.